It's easy to get lost in the weeds of animal nutrition. And with feed costs considerably higher this year, how do we keep it simple yet make sure the cow's getting what she needs in a cost-effective manner? But I caution folks that are out there buying forages to price them on a nutrient basis. Today we talk with a guy I call for my questions on feeding, Josh Stroh, beef nutritionist for Hubbard Feeds, as we talk about the nutritional aspect of wintering cows, and all I asked of him was to keep it simple. Join us on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and we're glad to have you here along with us on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM, where you will find us right here every Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern. And if you miss it there... You can also find us on about every major podcast provider out there. If you just search under Working Ranch Radio Show, you will find us and you can listen to today's episode, which, by the way, is episode 42, or you can also go back and listen to any previous episodes as well. And you can also share them on your social media or to somebody if you want to pass along an episode that you think had some information that was useful for you. Anyways, before we get into our agenda of things here today, I'll tell you something we've been battling here on the X-Ring Ranch, and it has about eaten me out of house and home for cat food, and you're going to laugh when I tell you this, but that's raccoons and skunks. And now the skunks isn't a real big surprise, but raccoons, you know, where our ranch sits here is pretty wide open, and... I usually assimilate raccoons being in areas that have a lot more timber, and we don't have much timber on the place. So I'm kind of surprised at where these are coming from, but hopefully we're getting about a good handle on them. And I don't know about uh, about you all, but uh, if you got a secret tip on, on how to take care of these buggers, you might let me pass it along and let me know. But anyways, I think we're going to get a handle on it. Anyways, again, welcome to our show today. On our As our guest will be Josh Stroh with Hubbard Feeds as we are talking uh, beef nutrition for winter. And, and really, as I said at the opening, it's about, I, I, when I talked with Josh about this, I just said, keep it simple because we can get so busy and so, so integrated in, in nutrition. And that's what nutritionists are for. They're to help you with that. But as we are trying to make just off the cuff decisions out here on the ranch, what are some things that we can utilize that without having to call a nutritionist that we can just kind of use to, to make some decisions out here? That's kind of where that's coming from. So join us today. Uh, that'll be coming up in our next segment. Also, the Captain Tim O'Byrne will be by with his edition of Tim's Two Cents. And then in the last uh, segment today, meteorologist Don Day joining us as the first major winter storm set to hit the country next week. We're going to be talking about that as we get a brief from meteorologist Donde on our long-term weather. Right now, thank you to our sponsors of the Working Ranch Radio Show, the American Simmental Association. And, you know, through the years, the American Simmental cattle have gained a reputation as the science breed. The American Simmental Association's Carcass Merit Program, Feed Conversion Data, Calving Ease Research established Simmental as a beef industry leader combining growth and carcass value with some outstanding cow traits. Research that's been backed by very extensive documented genetics and one of the largest multi-breed databases in 
in the industry. Sim Genetics is profit through science. Find out more at Simmental.org. Other sponsors include Biozyme, protect and recovery with VitaCharge by Biozyme. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge performance beef find performance beef online to learn more and request a demo and finally hargrove ranch insurance providing pasture range and forage insurance to ranchers across the nation give them a call hargrove ranch insurance at 325-573-8975 and ask for a free custom quote also check them out online at hargroveinsurance.com well now let's check in with the captain tim o'burn publisher and editor of working ranch magazine for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin. Hey, folks out there in Working Ranch Radio Land. If you haven't already made plans to come and join us here in Las Vegas, Nevada, December 8th to 10th for our very, very first Working Ranch Expo, you better get on the computer and get those uh, flights booked or whatever. Get somebody hooked up to chore up for you so you can come down and join us. Justin, I'm really excited about this. Las Vegas is opening back up again. Um, it's just a great feeling. We're going to have international travel here in another week or two again after two years. And the town is alive and we are ready to have a great time during NFR. We got a great speaker lineup. Now, don't forget, Justin, me and you are going to host the, the, we're going to be up on stage here. And I kind of promised that I was going to get a glitzy kind of a, a sparkly tux to go with our Las Vegas, um, flavor, and I kind of thought maybe you would too, but who knows? We'll see what happens. See what you cough up when you show up on stage here. We've got a great lineup. Uh, Dr. Arne Anderson, Tommy Perkins. We're going to have a kind of a coffee shop to lead it off. Um, Dallas Mount uh, from Ranch Management Consultants is going to be talking about the five causes of farm and ranch failures and how to avoid them all. And we've got, oh my gosh, we've got so many good uh, water in the West with uh, Speaker Albert Barker, Barker, Rajolton Simpson, LLP. And uh, uh, he's been up to his armpits in the legal fight with, uh, against water rights and, and all that kind of stuff for a long, long time now. Uh, we're going to have uh, Don Day, uh, your very own weatherman here. Don Day is going to be with us. And uh, we're going to have, let's see, one of the, I think one of the coolest ones is going to be um, on Friday, December 10th. Seal the deal. One special ops veteran's journey from the chaos of combat to the serenity of the saddle. Uh, that's going to be Greg Putnam, president and co-founder of Little Belt Cattle Company in Montana. And uh, he was also an active duty uh, Navy SEAL. And so he's going to gonna talk about the parallels between ranching and and working a bunch of cows and out on a mission uh, i think there's going to be a lot more speakers here to come and uh, one of my favorites i think is going to be on thursday 8 a.m it's kind of a pre-show one and it's uh, ranching and relationships understanding the five love languages can help your family thrive and our speaker here is monica kramer uh, she's a rural mental, mental health counselor in the detroit lakes minnesota area and um, i just think that we have so much to offer to get these really excellent conversations going, get us thinking, coming away from these seminars, uh, knowing that we're all kind of, you know, dealing with the same problems or variations of them. And we all are interested in helping each other out. Justin, can't wait to see everybody at the Working Ranch Expo December 
8th to 10th, right here in Las Vegas, Nevada, right in the middle of it all, Convention Center. See you there. You bet, and thanks, Captain. And man, what a lineup of speakers. No question about that. Now, the other thing I I do want to reference here, though, is my attire and what you think I'm going to be dressed in. And I don't know about the sparkle thing. Now, if you want to go that route, you uh, I'll tell you what, I will be there to help you and introduce you on stage as the sparkling captain, but I don't know about me. <laughs> anyway, well, stay with us. Beef nutritionist Josh Stroh is up next for our featured interview on winter nutrition, keeping it simple. Then later, meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. Don't go away. You're listening to the Working Ranch Radio Show. It's a competitive calf market, and buyers want calves that will perform, period. And a proven solution is Simmental. In fact, data from the Tri-County Steer Carcass Fertility from 2002 through 2018 on nearly 60,000 head of calves revealed that Simmental sired calves represented the highest carcass-valued sired group over English and other continental breed groups. And the sire group that was the second highest carcass value was Simangus sire. So... The proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. Our featured interview today is brought to you by Biozyme. Protect and recovery with Vita Charge by Biozyme. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash vita dash charge well joining us on our program today is josh stroh he's a beef nutritionist for hubbard feeds and josh thanks for joining us here on the working ranch radio show hey thanks thanks for having me justin well josh uh, basically where where this uh evolved from for me and getting a hold of you as you and i talked was uh it was was you and me talking about my operation and and looking at things uh just the scenario of, of the of what's out there a lot of the country has seen a drought situation we do know that down in the southeast part of the country they've seen a lot more uh moisture down there but for a good portion of the country there's been a drought situation and so we've got high hay prices we've got uh you know maybe a little bit more cattle moving across the marketplace and so uh one of the things i know for me was in light of this particular situation is is I, I just realized from a nutritionalist standpoint that I know as ranchers we have the some basics out there, but I really want to try to simplify this as much as we can, and and look at some general concepts that uh, that as we're starting down this road, and a lot of us have put our our feed plans together and starting to get to, uh, going with with how many cattle we're going to winter and laying all of that out there but some basic concepts that you would recommend that we as ranchers just can can look at knowing that at some point we may need to sit down with a nutritionist but just to get started what are some basic and general concepts that you would you would suggest ranchers be considering uh in in light of this year's situation Sure, that's a great question, and I think the big thing for me is um, advice I would give is don't miss the forest for the trees. Don't overcomplicate things. I, I know you mentioned the word simplicity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've been telling folks for months now as we've kind of built it, built steam into this drought um, to have a plan in place. And 
you know, not it's not a one size fits all, uh, and no one has to have the same plan. But I think it is important to kind of have a roadmap in place. If I was to back up a little bit, I would I would get the people on your team on board. Uh, you know, have the professionals in your corner um, to help you be consulted and give you advice on just some certain avenues a person can take. Um, you know, those people on your team are going to be your extension agent, your banker, of course. Um, the veterinarian uh, certainly needs to be on that list as well. Um, people in the nutrition world um, can sure help on that aspect. Uh, even maybe guys to help you manage some risk. Just the, the, the people in your life that can help should be or hopefully are professionals in their field that can help you uh, determine what plan to, to, to plow forward with. Or once you determine what you want to do and what your plan is um, and you know what, what goals you've set. Uh, to help you kind of achieve those or work through those. Um, I do think it's going to be important to probably make that twofold. Like you've got some short-term things that need taken care of right away and then possibly some longer-term planning as well. So, so I think, I think that would be, that's what I would start the conversation with is, is just have some, uh, some short-term goals or some short-term planning kind of set up and um, on possibly what we're going to do, what you're going to do this fall and winter, and how many cows you're going to run, et cetera. And then maybe have some longer-term decisions um, that you've kind of looked at as well. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And it kind of that kind of coincides with a little bit of our podcast last week. I had Dallas Mount on with us and with Ranch Management Consultants and talking about uh, some different tools that would be useful. And, uh, and one of the things that he talked about was uh, – an easel and a flip chart and hand markers and so and basically is getting down to kind of planning and putting things out on paper um when we when we get to the nutritionist side and and i'm going to pick your brain just a little bit here from a nutritionist side because i know for myself uh, a lot of times um there, there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there when we look at at uh, putting stuff together for our plans for the winter months and whether we're feeding out some heifer calves or whether we're going to feed out our cows uh i know uh the the grass that's standing is going to be pretty minimal this year so there's probably going to be a little bit more winter hay fed than on a normal basis and so when we start putting that together and start planning out, making sure that we're getting these animals the right amount of requirements, the, it can get really complicated. But I also want to see, is there some simple things that we could be looking at as ranchers to start down that road of looking at the nutritional elements from a just a regular range cow? Just some real basic things to look at first. And then, of course, if we need to go into further details with a nutritionist like yourself, we could do that. But what are some simple things first? So, so the first thing that I would always encourage someone to do, especially if you're looking at just feed resources in general, and this would be every year, whether you're faced with drought challenges or not, is um, you want to make sure you've got things tested, uh, either purchased forages um, or or whether home raised. That would be that's a cheap way to to really see what you've got um it, it's hard to know what you've got if you've never checked it out of course so um you know as far as 
having somebody in your corner to help you do that. Uh, a lot of times your, your extension agent or, or again, you know, uh, uh, your feed sales reps, those kind of guys all, they, they do a lot of that. Um, go out, take some core samples of your, your hay or, or maybe even some dormant forage if you've got it out there. We kind of have some benchmarks out there as well. So, I mean, if, if someone calls and says we're going to be on dormant winter range, it, it's not going to be that variable, but it's still pretty cheap way, um, especially on the, the stockpiled feed, to have somebody come out core sample them and send it into a lab and what that will give you is just the information and and that's powerful when you're trying to figure out um feeding mm-hmm. what whatever you're feeding you know where it could be your bulls to you name it mm-hmm. and the things that are, are going to be important for just your general rancher just to keep it simple is to look at the the first and foremost you know the the, the protein um the energy values and um, and dry matter on dry forages won't be that variable, but but if we get into some silages or some haylages or that kind of thing, um, that can really kind of fluctuate. So it's nice to know um, mm-hmm. what those values are as well. But but I don't get caught in the in the weeds looking at uh, it's unless you're really wanting to be technical or shoot for targeted gains or something like that. Um, but those, those those ones I listed, just crude protein um, and and TDN, that would be about as simple as it gets yeah, and yeah. can kind of give you a roadmap um, for for what that feed's got in it. The caveat with that this year is because the because the area is so um, stressed from a drought scenario, there has it's going to be wildly variable what hay and um, particularly hay is going to test mm-hmm. um, e- even stuff that you may be historically oh we, we don't t- need to test that ever because we've tested it in the past and multiple times it's never different this is a year to test um, and maybe it won't be variable but for 25-30 bucks you sure have some insurance mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um, the other thing I might mention we just don't want, we're on feed tests is uh, there'll be a lot of um, like failed grain crops that are that were harvested for hay um or or just even like the cereal grains for forage anyway be paying attention to nitrate levels um that would be something else i would put on a test if you were to send in Mm -hmm. um particularly like you know barley hay wheat hay triticale um and even if you're going to feed some straw, I know there'll be some folks reaching out, feeding, trying to procure straw and feed that somewhat this winter as well um, to kind of have an idea on nitrates on it is at the same time you're looking at nutrient density. The other part of that is um, that, that I would keep it simple is um, maybe this is overcomplicating it uh, for, but, but I, but I caution folks that are out there buying forages to price them on a nutrient basis and so you need to figure out like how much how much protein you're buying mm-hmm. in that ton of feed because um, that can be you know wildly variable as well uh, to give you an example uh, I mean I'll throw this out there because I'm seeing hay trade for more money than than two hundred and fifty dollars yeah. a ton but say we use two hundred and fifty dollars a ton if you're buying hay that is you know, 15% crude protein, that is going to be a lot more 
economic value on if you're buying the protein than say hundred dollar straw that's yeah, tested four yeah. percent protein mm-hmm. well let's take a break here when we come back we're going to continue in this conversation with josh Stroh, beef nutritionist and talk about these calculations and how we can get that done when we come back on the working ranch radio show here on rural radio channel 147 sirius XM. It's weaning time, one of the biggest days of the year for you and the most stressful for your calves. Ensure a smooth transition with the VitaCharge Weaning Program. This two-step program with the AmaFirm Advantage gives calves the nutritional boost they need to get through the first weeks of weaning, accelerate appetite, increase weight gain, and improve health. It's weaning time. Get them ready with VitaCharge. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and, and through the break, I, I got to thinking here just a little bit for the fact that, you know, my title of this show is about keeping it simple, and, and I know that what we've talked about and what we're going to talk more about with our guest today, Josh Stroh, who's a beef nutritionist, is is maybe not going to sound completely simplified, but in a way, um, I, I really feel it is to a point, and that is that um, there, there's going to be some information that's probably would be good to go back and listen to again. And it's not because we're not trying to cover a lot of stuff. We're just trying to get through a few things here. And so I think it's a, a good at this point to point out the fact that you can go back and listen to the Working Ranch Radio Show through about every podcast provider. And and again, today is episode 42. So with that, let's continue. And before the break, uh, our, our guest today, Josh Stroh, Beef Nutritionist for Hubbard Feeds, was talking about making sure that when we are purchasing feed that we are looking at those nutritional requirements or nutritional values in that feed and pricing that feed based upon that. And so, Josh, I want you to expand, if you could, just a little bit more on that. Sure. So, of course, we live in the age of Google. Just ask Siri. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but if you're math savvy, it's really not too terribly hard. But you would just calculate, um, usually on a nutrient test, they'll tell you, uh, uh, say we'll take crude protein for an example. It'll mm-hmm. give you the percent um, percent protein, crude protein on a dry matter basis, or or it'll do it as fed. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, both calculations will be on that printout or the yep. report you yep. get back, and so um, you would just take that by what you're feeding. You know, so so you're buying it by the ton. Mm-hmm. Say so it's a hundred dollars a ton, and it's so many percent crude protein you know how many yeah. how many pounds of protein are coming in that ton of feed sure and sure. you know what you're paying for it mm-hmm. so that that's probably the simplest way to explain that yeah. but in, in, a, in a lot of times if, if you already have the forage or you already purchased it it's still wise to test it because then you can have someone direct you on how best to supplement that as well or what to mix it with or that kind of thing so yeah, yeah. For me, um, I'm kind of a minimalist. I, you know, I guess our operation allows for that a little bit because uh, I try to not have to get, uh, hopefully have enough standing winter grass that we don't have to feed hay. And I know that's a goal of a lot of folks out there. We don't calve until May, so we're later calvers. That's not always what everybody does. So I'm not going to say my operation's the same as everybody else out there, but I am from a minimalist, I guess, perspective in, in everything. And so what are some things that we're overdoing in our feeding here with with our cattle that I guess is creating 
I'm going to say maybe some waste and some money that we're not we're not utilizing the best way. And I and so that may be a tough question because I know you work for for a company that sells supplements, but at the same time, I I kind of throw it back. Say, you know, where do you see waste taking place? Well, to kind of go back to how we started, just keeping things simple. Um, God made cattle to do something that you know. That's why I like beef cows. They can take a low quality fiber source and turn it into a high quality product so don't for you know just always remember that they have a big fermentation vat inside of them that a microbial population turns that product into food for them mm-hmm. and so um always be thinking on the cow especially if you're talking range cows and and that's kind of where we're targeting but um you're feeding the microbial population in the rumen and so think of what what tools do I need to give those quote unquote bugs to to do what they need to do. And um, so so like to get back to just this minimalist or very conservative feeding, um, it, it's not there, there's some guys that will have some dormant forage out there and can just match the that with um, the right protein level. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing I would uh, it, you caution everybody with, with possibly a lot of low quality forage being purchased and or utilized is um, is just making sure the proteins out there um, and that can be in many forms, but kind of a a rule of thumb and I, I've been getting this question a lot is how much straw can we feed and we're going to feed or maybe a comment we're only going to get straw. And you will probably, I mean, depending on weather and the size of the cow and whatnot, you, you would lose a body condition a month if they even, if you don't have compaction issues and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So some things to think about there too, you know, um, fall time right now, uh, if you haven't weaned your calves and you're short on forage, the quickest way for you to save some forage is to wean the calves. So that would be, uh, you know, back to that short-term plan. Mm-hmm. We're kind of getting to the normal time of year now. And, and I know, you know, some of these some of these guys, if you got plenty of fall grass, it's maybe not as big an issue. But, but if you need to save grass, you get the calf off the cow and she will – um, be about two thirds. She'll, you know, it'll, you'll save a full one third of what she used to have to mm-hmm. utilize. Um, aside from what what the calf's eating out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you drop her requirements by a lot, and so then get getting back to your question, if you've got a dry cow on donut forage, it doesn't take a lot, um, a, a lot of quality and fiber, and as long as you've kind of got her protein needs met. Um, and she can go out there and find the, find the fiber to put with it. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. I know in some of my areas, we get a lot of guys that are like you, um, that, that don't that just normally, normally would have some winter, fo- winter range, winter forage to go on to that have none. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's take a break here. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with beef nutritionist, Josh Stroh. As we talk about what is the one or two single most important things he feels are important to an animal's nutritional diet. When we continue on the Working Ranch Radio Show on Rural Radio Channel 147 Sirius XM. 
Animal health is key to your business. So how do you track cattle health treatments? Well, stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs. Performance Beef helps you record processing data, enter costs, and track animal health history all in real time at the shoot. The mobile app also makes it easy to log pasture and pen treatments on the go. Your health data is integrated with feed and financial information in one easy-to-use platform, accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. Thanks for joining us here today. My guest is Josh Stroh, beef nutritionist, as we are talking about simplifying our winter nutrition program for our cattle. And uh, by the way, if you want to go back and listen to this program through every major podcast provider out there, you can do that. Today is episode 42. But Josh, I want to get into now, we've talked about some of the waste that we're seeing in the nutritional elements of our of, of feeding. I also want to go now and go the other way. And let's look at some some things that maybe we don't see as being as valued as it could be and what you think is the most or one or two most important things when it comes to animal nutrition so so if i if i could only do one thing it's going to be a vitamin mineral pack and that's probably from uh, you know obviously my background and what i do Mm -hmm. but but i think that probably that's probably the most important thing in my opinion. But then also too, I always relate it to uh, the guy stepping over a 20 to pick up a one. Sometimes that preventative maintenance goes a long, long ways to actually putting money in your pocket. When we're talking about fetal health and just running metabolism and all the the inner workings um, in, in the biological systems of the, of the cow, especially if she's pregnant and possibly she's still milking, um, I wouldn't shortchange mineral. Sure. sure. And and some people will, will argue that, but they'll argue it till they have a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Right? So yeah. it's kind of like, and the other thing that's tough that I, I've always said, and my mentor, uh, well, you, I think you know Butch Whitman. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, he, you know, one thing he would always say is there's, in beef cattle, we just only, we don't have enough measurement points. So, you know, we know our, our calving rate or our preg rate and our weaning weights. But there's this quiet background of, of things minerals doing for you that you get a lot of benefit that you maybe don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you get your cow to live an extra year or, you know, just more immune response, um, better quality colostrum, um, some fetal programming things, uh, it, all those are fairly quiet that, that make you big money in the big picture. So I, I would think that's a, a real fundamental okay. thing. That's probably no surprise to anybody that a nutritionist would say mineral. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but I, but at the same time, I've heard non-nutritionists that are not working for, you know, say the same thing that, a, that a, a mineral vitamin package is, is huge to your cow. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I, I agree. It's, it's something that we can just, like throw out of our mind saying, well, they're living They're They're, they got a calf on their side. They're fine. Sure. Well, it kind of goes back to the thing too, where, uh, you know, I get this once in a while, someone will say, well, I don't need to do that. I, you know, look at the elk and the deer mm-hmm. or my grandpa didn't have to, my grandpa just put out white salt blocks or whatever. Um, your grandpa also didn't have a cow that, you know, like in, in my system in, in Easter or in central Montana, we have a lot of March babies that can wean a, 
a seven, you know, wean off at 700 pounds in October on no creep. Mm-hmm. Well, grandpa never did that. Mm-hmm. And that, that system takes some input it does. and it might just yeah. be, you know, on some level and that isn't for everybody either. Mm-hmm. You know, we can go back to, uh, you know, a smaller cow and does that make you more money? And we can have that discussion, but just even take, for example, uh, if we look in like the 1950s for data, there's no such thing as calf feds, mm-hmm. right? It, they just, they're, they're, we maybe didn't even breed females till they were, yeah. And, until they were two. And so we're, 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 mat, we're forcing some biological things that we have to give the tools to. And I think the main tools of that is, is mineral. Mm-hmm. Um, I like back to the deer and elk thing. I mean, who, who wants to have a, you know, maybe in a healthy elk population, a 40% calf crop. I mean, who wants that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. No, no one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. That's true. That's for sure. And we, you know, and you, and the person can put some environmental pressures and, you know, and have a, um, a more frugal outlook on it and force their cows, put some environmental pressure. And I'm all for that in the right scenario too, but you're still, you're still asking your heifers to get bred when they're one and you're still wanting them to have a, you know, be bred again by their second birthday. And yeah, so ho- hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I want to go back to some some simple things, and we and I should have brought this up when we were talking originally. But some targets that we should look at in terms of these uh, for for our diets on these on these animals on a cow to get through the winter. What are some target numbers in terms of uh, of protein and 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 other things that we need to be looking at in this feed? Uh, and I know that could range between first to third trimester and when she calves and so forth yep. like that. I know there's a lot of variation there, but let's just kind of go through some of those targets on the cow. Sure. So if we use, say, a 1,300-pound a cow, um, I know that's going to hit your your audience. I mean, we've got some in the twelves, but I think kind of gone are the eleven hundred pounders. There's still some out there, but if we just talk thirteen hundred pound mature weight cows, um, we're getting into I'll say like seven, eight, nine months past when they calved. Um, if they're still milking, of course, it's going to take more. Mm-hmm. But if we say we're in second trimester and a weaned calf. Uh, that the, that cow can get by with a pound and a half of protein a day. Okay. Uh, that's going to be kind of a, a good number to to think of, and it's going to build steam as we get into you know to calving. So we need to be third trimester a couple pounds of protein. Okay. Um, and energy uh, would be you know like if you could be if we're talking the same same metrics uh, as far as the type of the animal and months since calving you would be oh off the top of my head you know 11 pounds of of energy okay um for the same thing and as, as we work into calving third trimester we better be 13 uh pump pushing 15 by the time you know 14 and a half 15 by the time we calve once they start lactating that's when obviously she's going to take a lot more nutrient density mm-hmm. more nutrient needs so for example um, kind of using the same cow because that's the one I got in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, like say if she's a 20 pound uh, peak milk type of cow, um, protein will be peak lactation two months after calving. She'd need three pounds of protein. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of just to maintain body condition score. Mm-hmm. So that's something to think about too. If we need to advance the cows or anything like that or gain some flesh. Now is the time to do it because it obviously becomes a lot harder 
third trimester and then it's impossible and it can be very very difficult in lactation i know like someone like you that's calving a little later you're getting to calve on on the nutrient dense part of the yep. growing season so that that definitely is a, that's definitely a help there but some of our february calvers that are out there where peak lactation is happening in april and things haven't really popped yet they're having to feed that energy so protein you know three pounds peak lactation and then as far as energy you'd be like 17 pounds so that kind of gives you an idea as far as the diet goes second trimester they would need i mean we could be clear down on a, I, I don't like to formulate diets probably under nine mm-hmm. percent protein but but i know you could get away with a little less in second trimester especially if you've got plenty of body condition already so yeah tdn you know more like high 40s mm-hmm. well now is a good time to take another break and when we come back we're going to continue with this conversation josh Stroh, beef nutritionist is my guest today we've talked about some of the benchmarks or targets for cow nutrition now let's talk about if we're going to winter a heifer calf back and what that would look like we're going to talk about it when we come back on the working ranch radio show Coming to the Las Vegas Convention Center, December 8th, 9th, and 10th, it's the Working Ranch Expo, brought to you by Working Ranch Magazine. It's thousands of feet of space filled with the ranch industry's leading equipment manufacturers and suppliers, plus great speakers that will inspire and educate you. And we're in the hall just across from Cowboy Christmas. Register to attend at WorkingRanchExpo.com. It's Working Ranch Expo by day, NFR by night. We'll see you at the Expo. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. Thanks for joining us here again today. This is episode 42, by the way, and we're glad to have you here along. Josh Stroh, beef nutritionist, is my guest today. Before the break, we were talking about some of the benchmarks or things, uh, targets that we could be looking at for cow nutrition. Now let's talk about uh, heifer nutrition or keeping that heifer calf back. And I know for some folks, you're probably scratching your head thinking, why in the world would you be keeping a heifer calf back this year with the price of hay? And Josh, I know that was something that you and I have been talking through uh, with my operation here. And uh, it's a, it's uh, maybe not going to work for everyone, depending on the price of your hay, but these heifers are so discounted back that it might be economical for some folks to keep heifers back uh whether it's replacements back or whether it's just some uh, heifers that they're going to put to grass next year nevertheless let's take a quick look at uh, some of these target marks for getting these heifers through the winter okay so i'll backtrack a little bit on those so again depending on your your, the type of system you want to do and whatnot um some couple good targets to think about um, historically, the data and most nutritionists are going to tell you um, you want the the female to be about 63 to 65 percent of her mature body weight when you breed her the first time. I think there's some data out there, and, and I don't I don't want to be misleading to your audience. That's still what I would recommend because I, I know we would prevent train wrecks that way. <laughs> yeah. But um, but you can definitely do less. And some data like at a University of Nebraska um, really pushing the envelope on that and still getting a lot of females bred. Uh, maybe a less percentage of them, but so be thinking of that as kind of an idea okay. uh, of what that. So if you're weighing them now and then you're going to breed, say, 
June 1, what do they need to kind of weigh? And that'll give you a roadmap of how much, how many pounds a day you want them to gain. But most of those diets for those replacement heifers are going to be pound and a half. That's kind of a good, real, real good average of what you want them or need them to gain, um, pound and a half. And that's really not that hard to do. Most of your regular type old grass alfalfa mix haze are going to have plenty enough ump to do that. 1.2 to 1.5 depending on their energy value mm-hmm. um, a lot of times you can put maybe a, a little protein with that a little you know if, if cakes your thing or, or maybe some tubs or um, whatnot just to make sure but as far as nutrient density and kind of same things we talked about with the animals uh, again it kind of depends on their mature weight or what what they will be potentially and where they'll finish at and whatnot. If I'm really having to target one and a half pounds a day, I like to use an energy measurement called NEG, and that would stand for net energy for gain. So net energy for gain, a lot of those diets will be, oh, 36 megacals per hundred to possibly 40, depending on where you need your gain to be. But mm-hmm. So that would be net energy for gain. And, and most of uh, the standard nutrient test will give you that value as well so okay and then as far as protein you're going to want a little more protein than the cows um we can kind of be double digits for the diet that would be great you know 12 it's a good good rule of thumb uh, on the percent of the diet as far as as the amount of crude protein you know like pound and a half pound and a third kind of depending on their weight and everything mm-hmm. but a pound and a half of protein and you know 36 megacal neg and you'll be in the hunt and that might be too green for some guys so i would caution you you know if you're worried about that there's a lot of there's a lot going on in that replacement heifer world where i feel like we've really pushed them hard and and there's two or two main things that drive onset of puberty and that's weight and age and so we can get more heifer cycling, but I do think in some of this big range country, we get them a little fleshy maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then when we do turn them out or they hit grass, they go back. I don't, I, they go backwards mm-hmm. and don't, don't want that. No, yeah. you'd rather just, my opinion, keep them, keep them on the game, but you don't want them. You don't want to have that couple of weeks where they're losing a lot of, of flesh and weight. Mm-hmm. And there's some behavioral things that happen with that too. They got to, you know, they're going to pace the fence. They got to figure out their pecking order. And it's just hard to get pregnancies to stick when they're doing that. Yeah, for sure. Well, Josh, we've talked a lot of different things today here about animal nutrition. Is there anything that we left out that maybe you wanted to, to touch on just a bit? One thing we didn't really touch on is, um, is water quality and quantity. That's been a big deal going into this through the drought um, and, and will continue. And I know a lot of the West sees high iron, high sulfates, high nitrates, high total dissolved solids. And so that might be something to th- focus on is, is evaporation makes these reservoirs low and the water quality will can kill your performance or even have some toxic effects. And yeah. so pay attention to that. All right. Well, Josh, I do appreciate you joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Sure. I appreciate you having me.
Josh Stroh, beef nutritionist for Hubbard Feeds, has been my guest today as we talk on this topic of winter nutrition for our cattle. And again, my title was to keep it simple. And I know we covered a lot of information today, and I hope you have that opportunity to go back and listen to it. And and I guess when I say keeping it simple is because we are not nutritionists as ranchers. Uh, that's not what we do on a full-time basis. But at the same time, we need to have a good understanding of some of these elements and, and the basic elements. And that is exactly what I tried to bring out here today. And I know it's in a lot of our minds right now because we are heading into that time of the year where we are getting our plans pulled together and finalized for our winter feeding plans. But anyways, with that, I want to thank Josh Stroh for joining us here today, being our guest to talk on this subject. Our featured interview today has been brought to you by Biozyme Protect and Recovery with Vita Charge by Biozyme. For more information, visit vitafirm.com forward slash vita dash charge. Coming up next, meteorologist Don Day joins us as the first major winter storm is set to hit the country. Next week, we're going to talk about it when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Ranching has been in the Hardgrove family for generations, and they know the value of keeping a ranch in the family. Hardgrove Ranch Insurance provides pasture, range, and forage insurance to ranchers across the nation. PRF Insurance is a USDA-subsidized program that allows ranchers to insure against the risk of below-average rainfall. Hardgrove Ranch Insurance utilizes industry-leading custom software to provide the rancher with information they need to stay up-to-date and educated on their policy throughout the year. Hargrove Ranch Insurance supports ranchers for this generation, the next, and those yet to come. Contact Hargrove Ranch Insurance at 325-573-8975 for a free custom quote or online at hargroveinsurance.com. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, as we turn now towards our weather segment today, brought to you by Hargrove Ranch Insurance, providing pasture range and forage insurance to ranchers across the nation. Give them a call for a free custom quote at 325-573-8975 or check them out online at Hargrove Insurance. Com. Well, joining us now is meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. And Don, it appears as though we are going to see our first major winter storm uh, hit the country next week. And I know when I looked at the map, it looked like it was going to be pretty, uh, or a pretty good change in weather starting from the Missouri River all the way to the West Coast. So give us kind of the lowdown of what we're going to be seeing for this first major winter storm. Yeah, uh, what we have is the is the first real what I would say the real first bona fide chance for widespread freezing temperatures and the first low elevation snowfalls of the season, and they could be significant. Um, so far, the the fall season has been relatively you know, tame in terms of no really big early fall storms yet. We've had a couple of cold shots into the United States, but uh, there's a lot of areas of the U.S. that haven't had the first hard frost or freeze. That's all going to come to a crashing end as we see cold air going to get released from the north slope of Alaska, the Northwest Territories, and slide into British Columbia. At the same time, that's going to happen. There's a really warm, moist air mass that's going to get drawn into the central areas of the United States. And the contrast between that cold and the warmer and the moist conditions will help a very strong storm system to develop 
along the Lee of the Rockies, probably in the Tuesday, Wednesday timeframe of next week. And uh, this is going to have everything but the kitchen sink in it. We're likely going to have rain and thunderstorms. And then as the storm intensifies, a lot of wind. And we'll see some snows in the central and northern Rockies. And uh, this system is showing signs of being uh, having the potential to be a very strong early October storm. Mm-hmm. Do you have it pinpointed as to where the severity might be the most? Well, I would say the, the central Rockies, I would say that the bullseye of this storm, as it looks right now, would probably be from northwest, north central Colorado through all of Wyoming into south central Montana, then the western Dakotas, maybe into the Nebraska panhandle as well. Those areas will experience everything. It'll run the gamut from rain to thunder to wind and then possibly some snow. Uh, this does remind us a little bit of the October thir- uh, 2013 storm that hit a very similar geographic area. And it was, it was quite a strong storm and a really hard one for livestock producers in the Western high plains and Rockies. Um, and it's a pattern that is showing some similarities to what we saw in 2013. So heads up to everybody. It's been a pretty warm September, pretty warm early October, uh, but this will be an impactful storm. Now the silver lining will be there will be some really good amounts of moisture that will be hitting the very dry areas it's one of those double-edged swords however Mm -hmm. yeah beyond this storm do we see anything coming down uh for future for the latter part of october into november yeah i think as we as we go right at the end of the month around or just after halloween into early November will be the next uh, outbreak of colder and, and stormy weather. Certainly what we do see for the rest of October is the northern jet stream kind of taken over. And that means a much more autumn-like pattern for a lot of the United States, but especially the central and the west. With a storm this large, it usually takes a another week or two for the atmosphere to sort of recharge itself. And that would put us right at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, we've talked about the West. What, what is, what are they going to see down on the Southeast part of the country? Well, there's, they've been getting, you know, they have been wet all year. That's the wettest part of the mm-hmm. North America has been the Southeast and South central areas of the United States. Now they're going to escape the cold. Um, they're going to have a, a little bit of a warmer than average uh, next week, week and a half or so. Yeah, there'll be some shower and thunderstorm activity, uh, but overall, that's going to be one of the better places to be in the United States as opposed to the central and western areas. All right. Well, thanks for giving us a little bit of a heads up here. And uh, I, like you said, we want the moisture. I, I Does it have to be in the snow form and wind? Do we just have the moisture without the snow and the wind? <laughs> you know, that's what I'm, that's the second most requested thing i get as a weather forecaster the, the first one is can it rain only at night yeah yeah for sure all right well thanks for joining us here again on the working ranch radio show thanks for having me meteorologist don day with a look at our long-term weather by the way if you want to catch his daily video podcast and with this winter storm coming in it would be a good time to kind of keep your ears and eyes peeled about what is going on and what he thinks uh, how things are going to play out with this first winter storm check him out online at dayweather.com again that's dayweather.com for his daily video podcast that kicks out every monday through friday our weather segment today has been brought to you by hargrove ranch insurance 
providing pasture, range, and forage insurance to ranchers across the nation. Give them a call. Hargrove Ranch Insurance at 325-573-8975 for a free custom quote or check them out online at hargroveinsurance.com. Other sponsors of the Working Ranch Radio Show include the American Simmental Association, Sim Genetics, Heterosis Works, which is why with Simmental, it's more per head, period. Find out more at Simmental.org. Biozyme, protect and recovery with Vita Charge by Biozyme. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge. And Performance Beef, find Performance Beef online to learn more and request a demo. Well, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can sure do it by calling or texting the studio. Phone number here is 307-363-COWS, or you can also send me an email. I'm good about responding to that as well at justin.workingranch at gmail.com. We had really good responses out of last week's show. In fact, one of the good listeners sent me an email. I had mentioned something about having a dog was something that very useful on a ranch uh, for efficiency. And he said, hey, could we do a show on dogs? So that's something we'll have to look into to see if we can come up with something on that. Speaking of what's coming up on the Working Ranch Radio Show, be sure to join us next week as Dr. Kim Stackhouse-Lawson with Colorado State University will be joining me and she's just has some great information about us in the ranching kind of understanding our customers uh, the consumers at the meat counter and how the generational uh, mindsets are taking are, are coming into some of that and a, a good show there with dr kim stackhouse lawson with colorado state next week be sure to join us for that and speaking of colorado state university i want to remind folks across the country too that coming up november 16th and 17th in rapid city south dakota it's the range beef cow symposium and it's a joint effort between colorado state university University, University of Wyoming Extension, South Dakota State University Extension, and the Nebraska Extension. And it's just a two-day conference. Uh, several years ago, I went to one of these and uh, definitely was some of the best speakers, some of the great topics uh, that I'd come away from. Only a two-day event, so it doesn't take up all week of your time. Uh, this is like the symposium number 27, I believe, that they're putting on, and it really is a great event. Again, I'm going to be there. Look forward to seeing anybody else there as well. November 16th and 17th in Rapid City, South Dakota. Just search in your web browser under Range Beef Cow Symposium. Well, the Working Ranch Radio Show is a production of Working Ranch Magazine, and we invite you to join us right here every Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM, or on your podcast provider. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long. So long.